Hello, Internet. How's it going? Uh, welcome back. This is the Tapstream Podcast, episode 19. And before we get into it, I do want to take the time to say thank you so much to Thickless Nicholas Sandy, otherwise known as Nick Sandy, for creating this wonderful intro that we now have for the podcast. Um, you know, I've been kind of doing this podcast by the seat of my pants for a really long time. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely it's coming together and it just... Having having this piece of music that uh, a wonderful friend of the community has created for us just is really awesome and a fun way to help, I guess, legitimize this podcast. So thank you, Nick, if you're listening. You are fantastic. And if you guys are not, I believe Nick Sandy photography on instagram i'm gonna double check that and i will link it in the description so that you guys can make sure to follow him on instagram as well wonderful photographer wonderful musician definitely worth your time also moving into another uh thing in the docket i'm a liar uh if you guys have been listening to the podcast in the last couple of weeks you may have noticed that we've been reading through a script uh called apples and oranges i wrote that years ago and it's been fun to get through that and then last week dear christopher the person that's been reading it with me uh provided us with a book that he wrote when he was 13 it was all fun times and we we kind of teased that last episode by saying we were going to read for sale like at the time of recording we were going to start reading it right then and it would be this week's podcast episode Right after we finished recording, we had a back and forth discussion and we decided that it would be more fun to have his significant other, um, Chelsea, join us in on the reading as well because she was a big part of the original conception of that story. And we decided to ultimately wait for her because it was too late to have her join in and we didn't want to wake her up just for that. So if you were waiting for it, unfortunately, there is no for sale this week. Um, Sorry to tease that, but... Hopefully, by delaying it a little bit more, it will be even better of a product by the time it gets to you. Or we have just continuously upped the ante on this script to the point that it cannot live up to any expectations that have been set before it, which is great. Now, I, 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 there's a part of me that does want to read for sale on the podcast at some point, mainly, mainly because I think it's maybe 50% me kind of still believing in the story and then 50% it's just really fun to read things on the podcast um but yeah we'll we'll have to see how that goes um I if you were to ask me before we had done any of the script reading if I was proud of my podcast which might be the most millennial thing to ever ask um I would have said no it didn't feel like it had any form or any shape it was just me kind of getting up on the mic and doing exactly what I'm doing now so It is a bit of a disappointment to not have something prepared like that, but just, you know, bear with me. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what I want the show to ultimately be, but before I keep just bloviating back and forth, I will say we're going back to that old style just for this week at the least of what I've been watching, what I've been playing, and uh, any kind of stream updates that we have to talk about. So... Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start with what I've been watching, but I want to go ahead and stipulate that I will be leaving spoilers towards the end of the podcast. So I don't want to go too deep into it. So if you're worried about, you know, not knowing about Shazam, I'm not going to go into many details, uh, just all stuff that's been in trailers and um, and any promotional materials. So, uh, yeah, I had the great fortune of checking out Shazam, the latest entry in the DC Cinematic Universe. It stars Zachary Levi as the titular character shazam uh i really enjoyed shazam 
If you were to ask me what the biggest problem of the DC Cinematic Universe was, it was that these were incredibly cynical movies. Now, to, to counter what I feel like people are trying to say now, Wonder Woman uh, and Aquaman were both steps in the right direction because they covered... They got the superhero part right for me. Batman vs. Superman is the most egregious one to me. Uh, that's the one that I think rubbed me the wrong way the most because of the question that it constantly asks, what if Superman was the bad guy? What if Superman is the villain? What are we doing to stop him from just coming in and wrecking shop? And although it is an interesting perspective to bring to the comics... The whole point of superheroes is that they're supposed to inspire hope. They're supposed to be the better of us. Uh, they're supposed to capture this wish fulfillment when it comes to having power and being able to save the day. And to have Superman burdened and basically grounded with real world... I don't think politics is the right world, but just being like having the fun sucked away from it. That, that was hard to deal with. And then you had Batman who's going around breaking his rules with the no-kill rules and, and and kind of fundamentally changing that character. At least through the interpretations that I've known, it just it didn't feel like a good experience. Uh, and then Suicide Squad is just nihilism at its greatest, <laughs> having having to rely on supervillains to solve a problem that could have easily been saved by any kind of superhero. I don't know, just it wasn't a good look. So I, I want to make sure that I'm clearing that way now because I, I know I'm a huge Marvel fanboy. Um, this is just to paint a picture of, of how much my weight will carry when I talk about Shazam. And with that being said, I really liked Shazam. Um, everything I said about how I've, I personally feel like superheroes need to be the symbols of hope. They need to be the better representations of us. Um, that's the fun in um, the the fun that I think people gravitate to towards when it comes to superhero stories, and Shazam nails that. It did worry me a little bit in the beginning, which I'm gonna save for spoiler talk at the end because it is a little bit uh, too detailed to get into. So yeah, watching Zachary Levi get to live out the wish fulfillment of being a superhero on screen and geeking out with his um, foster care brother. I don't know. It's just really fun. And it, it helps that I got to listen to a podcast with Zachary Levi and the Roost Teeth Gang, where he described that he's one of the most fortunate actors when it comes to playing superheroes, because a lot of times other characters have to be like serious in the role, but are probably geeking out on the inside. So take, for example, Ben Affleck. He was probably stoked to be Batman. But at the end of the day, Batman is this stoic, I'm Batman character. So he can't display that on screen. But with the character of Shazam, Levi gets to embody that excitement and translate it to the screen because it works within the narrative. So that's really cool. And it's a fun way to just watch the, the movie unfold. Like I said, there is there is some issues that I think the, the beginning of the movie worried me with and does feel kind of problematic. But it's... To even fault the movie for it, I think would be getting too much into the weeds because there's definitely more good here than there is negative. This movie is really wholesome as well, and I do appreciate that what it brings to the table. Um, there's a big family element to this, and it is a predictable but still really fun hook throughout the movie. I don't know. It's hard to talk about now. I, I'll flesh out a little bit more of my details at the end, but, you know, great movie. I think it's worth the watch. 
So that's been it. It's been a busy couple of weeks, so I haven't been watching a lot. Uh, the only other thing I could, I could do is now to move on to what I've been playing. So if you've been paying attention to any of my social medias uh, in the last, God, three weeks since it's been out, I I think you know what I'm about to talk about. I don't think it is an, it's a stretch to say that I have developed a somewhat of an obsession with Tetris 99. Uh, for a while there, I was playing it every day. And that is a that is a testament to a game's hook on me because I never play games off stream. But I was taking the time to load up my Switch and play a few rounds of Tetris 99 every day because I was absolutely hooked. And if you're one of the few people who don't know what Tetris 99 is, uh, it is basically Tetris Battle Royale. So you play your game of Tetris. There are 98 other players playing simultaneously with you, and you try to outlast everybody else. Now, the kicker is that whenever you clear a line, like any other game of Tetris, you can target different people to send your quote-unquote trash to them to send their board higher and higher and hopefully knock them out. It's a very simple hook. It's amazing to me how they were able to modernize a classic game with just that little addition of multiplayer, and it has quickly become my favorite game of the year so far. Again, we're still kind of in the early half of the year. I know we're, it's you know April, so it's not something we can continue saying as moving forward, but it is an it's perfect it really is and it's so funny to me that i have been on the record saying that i don't care about tetris like prior to the release of this because i thought i respect it it's just not something that i find fun and then my world got turned upside down whenever this game came out because now it is all i seem to do like i have ended every stream i think in the last three weeks or however long it's been out by playing tetris 99 um which is always an interesting dynamic because I am a streamer that prides themselves on their engagement and chat with the community. I there is no engagement with Te Tetris 99. Like I'm not even like, I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm not trying to play it down. I literally don't talk while playing Tetris 99 because it takes all of my effort. Um and I'm which is primarily why I leave it towards the last 30 minutes of the stream so that it's just really only the people who know what I am as a streamer and they don't mind watching me hyper focus on something. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's a testament to how much I love this game that I'm, one, actively making my stream worse. <laughs> I am playing it constantly, and it's something that I just don't stop thinking about. Um, I will say this. Uh, it has I have another game that has replaced it as my like everyday game just because I'm so close to hitting that hitting a win the highest i've ever gotten in tetris 99 is second place and i've gotten that about three times i've gotten like a handful of top 10 finishes but i've yet to hit the first place spot and since i'm so close to doing that and i am on the cusp of winning i can't play it off stream anymore because i want my first attempt to be documented and it's such a weird position to be in because i want to play it but i have to save it for the stream um Regardless, it is an incredible game and easily a game that will be in my top five by the end of the year. Uh, people have data mined the game, which means they have looked through the code and have seen that apparently there are evidence of more modes coming to the game. And for something that is quote unquote free with the Nintendo online subscription, I am totally on board. Uh, to the point that I hope this game extends past the Nintendo Switch exclusivity because I want as many people to play this as they can. Um... But yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Tetris 99, which is really uh, long-winded. Um, I will say, 
So if you, again, if you haven't paid attention to the social media side of things, you know I've been talking about it a lot and it's something that I've been enjoying. There is a wonderful friend of mine by the name of Tipsy Roo, great streamer, great teammate on the Variety Pack stream team, caught wind of this because I was shouting it from the rooftops, and he very graciously gifted me a game called Tetris Effect. It is a game that is another Tetris game, obviously, for the PlayStation 4. It's exclusive to that. And it goes in the opposite direction of the stress-inducing Tetris 99 by creating this zen-like experience where it is just beautiful and your movements are synced. I'm sorry, yeah, your movements are synced to the music and it's dynamic. So as many times as you switch and rotate your pieces, it kind of goes to the music and the beat. And it's just an overall visual stimulating uh gift i guess in every sense of the word since tipsy rude did give it to me and it it's been another fun one to kind of just wind down the stream with um good game i'm still like maybe a quarter of the way through because there is there is like a single player section where you're just going through these different scenarios and different genres of music um it's a really fun game and i can't thank tipsy rue enough for gifting it to me because it has been a lot of fun um so i want to make sure that i am taking the time to plug them tip uh, mixer.com slash tipsy um he's great okay so those those are the tetris games out of the way i have also been playing dark souls 2 the scholar of the first sin this has been the bulk of our stream for the last two weeks and it is a game that i have been meaning to get to for a really long time uh last year when i made the move to mixer the game that i ended up leading with was dark souls uh, dark souls remastered um and if you're not familiar, Dark Souls is an incredibly difficult series, uh, kind of well known for the way that it just beats down its players and basically gives you very little room to work with when it comes to boss fights. Um, I was very fortunate that I was able to beat the first one because it was something that I never thought I'd be able to do because I have played them all. I've played all Dark Souls games. I've played Bloodborne and I've, well, I haven't played Demon Souls, but I want to, but basically I've played a good chunk of the from software games and never in a million years did I think I'd be able to beat the first one uh, and we did and I told the community that we would move on to Dark Souls 2 at some point some point is finally now and uh, I really enjoy the game it it surprised me with some of the things they changed like apparently um, level caps like your your health caps out at lesser and lesser degrees the more you die until you use an item that restores you back to full health. Um, apparently your invincibility frames don't work quite the same way. Um, you have to like level up different stats and stuff like that. There's just, there's a bunch of different changes from Dark Souls 1 to Dark Souls 2 that made the starting experience really difficult. Um, to the point that I almost thought I was going to have to tell the community that I was moving on from Dark Souls 2. Um, but fortunately it was, it was a good time. Um, I'm about I'm creeping up on halfway through it. If not, I think I'm close to 14 bosses beat. Um, it's a good game. I, uh, I, I'm so glad that we're experiencing it on stream. Um, it is going to be put on hold for a while because From Software has another game called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And I am going to be switching over to that this coming week. Uh, not to get too, too deep into that, but it's a game that's been out for two weeks i think the people who are going to play it have played it i think the people who would also avoid a stream have already had their chance at it so it seems like this is the right time to kind of strike while it's hot uh so dark souls 2 will be put on the back burner because maybe sekiro will just beat me down immediately and we'll move away from it um yeah 
And of course, uh, what I've been playing, Mario Maker, it's standard. You guys know how much I love Mario Maker. Uh, I have set out to try and learn more advanced techniques when it comes to that game, such as P-jumps, spring jumps, uh, dropping uh, dropping P-switch, not P-switches, dropping dropping pal blocks and jumping off of that um not quite mastering it but also doing some shell jumps and we attempted one mid-air shell jump and that was going nowhere just basic basic stuff like that i've been practicing i'm getting better i'm having a better clear rate on the expert runs which is making me happy i'm still nowhere near being able to do super expert no skips but it's still fun um what else? So, okay, yeah, we talked about Tetris 99. Uh, I said that that was my, like, pick-up-and-play game whenever I just wanted to play something for a few minutes. Uh, I ended up finding another game to replace that since I've been saving Tetris 99 for stream. It is a game called Baba Is You, and this is another game that will easily be in my top five by the end of the year. And I, I say that and knowing full well that we've got a long ways to go and there could be a, more surprise games that come out Excuse me, more games that come out to surprise me, but Baba Is You is unlike anything I've ever played before. At its core, it is a game that is simply pushing blocks, but those blocks individually have words on them. So in this case, Baba Is You is on three different blocks, and because those blocks are in a sentence, that endows you with the power to be Baba. Baba is this animal character that you can control in the game uh it's a top-down view and it's very pixelated very indie style it's not a you know big budget game but it's a game whose mechanics speak louder than the most graphically intensive games that you could think of um so anyway yeah so block build block moving uh game baba is you is the sentence allows you to be baba it'll also have things like flag is win so you as baba need to get to the flag to win so you move to the flag and win simple enough but the game keeps iterating on itself by introducing new words and new puzzles and new barriers and and new ways to interact with the sentence structures so that each time you play a new level the rules have changed and you can bend those rules to any way you need to it is a mind-bending game and a game that you will find yourself on a level and get not frustrated but you will get your limit and say okay and you will step away and you'll come back however long later and you will have a fresh mind on it and you will feel like the world's biggest genius when you figure it out. That is the power of Baba Is You. And it's done so in a way that I never feel overly frustrated because it doesn't feel like the game's tricking you. It's just testing you. And I like that about it. Um, it's a very, very special game. And if you have, it's 15 bucks on Nintendo Switch and Steam. If you've been looking for something to chill with, something different, Baba is You is easily an uh, easy recommend for me, especially if you like puzzles. Um, I've recommended a couple of people so far, and none of them have complained about it yet. So I think it's a game that really speaks for itself. Play it. God damn it. Um, finally, the... No, actually, I got two more games to talk about. Another small game that I've been playing is called Minute, M-I-N-I-T. It's another indie game. Uh, I'm playing it on the Switch. Essentially, the conceit of the game is that you have 60 seconds to live. Um, it's again a top-down black and white very minimalistic graphics um, you you wake up in a house and you're able to exit and explore and you have exactly 60 seconds before your character dies and respawns in the house now that seems very frustrating but what it allows you to do uh, is explore the immediate area and you will find little things here and there so for this particular example you will find a key 
and then you'll die. You wake up and then you continue going in a different direction and you find a gate that is locked, but your key, which you got in the other life, is still with you. So you can unlock that gate. Um, it's a little little mechanics like that where you're just inching further and further and further and then eventually you can hit these points where you find a new place to respawn at so you're just gradually expanding the map at which you can move in in 60 second intervals um i'm not as fully prepared to speak on it as i would like because i haven't gotten too too far in it but i thought the the general mechanic was very special enough to just talk about on the stream if i continue playing it i will definitely update you guys more um but you know it's another one worth checking out if you're looking for some small indie games to play last game i've been playing is a game called yoshi's crafted world for the nintendo switch it just came out this past friday um and it is an adorable game it's very much a younger audience kind of game but i think that actually might be to its detriment now, to back up a little bit, there was a game that came out a couple years ago called Yoshi's Woolly World, which was kind of the similar conceit, very cute art style, very younger geared audience, but there was enough gameplay that it actually felt challenging and it wouldn't hold your hand quite as effectively as Yoshi's Crafted World does. And I think that's where my big problem lies. Yes, it's a fun time. It's beautiful. It's fun to be in. It's a nice, relaxing uh, romp, but it really feels kind of just like holding right and going to the edge of the game, which I have seen some pushback where people are saying, yeah, you know, it, Yoshi's Yoshi games are never about just trying to get to the end. They're about the exploration, which I would totally be fine with, but it really just feels like you're playing hide and seek over and over again. So I'm not liking Yoshi's Crafted World as much as I would have liked. Uh, I am glad that I rented it via Gamefly instead of actually buying it. So I don't have to worry about that, but I don't know. It's just disappointing. I was really hoping for a good quality Yoshi game that had more platforming to it than this one does. Um, to be fair to the game, I only played barely a quarter of it. Uh, it was at the tail end of one stream. So if that's not a good litmus test of what that game has to offer, uh, then I will stand. I will stand back, I guess. But as far as first impressions go, it was not really what I was hoping for. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for what I've been watching and what I've been playing. Um, you know, uh, as far as stream updates go, I kind of teased at it. We're going to be playing some more. We're not going to be playing more. We're going to put Dark Souls 2 on hold and we'll be starting Sakura Shadows Die Twice on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday, we'll continue the Mario Maker uh, romp as we always do. And each night we'll probably end with Tetris 99 or some small game to just wind down with. Um Actually, you know, there is a little bit talked about. Uh, I haven't talked about it on the, the, the podcast yet. Or did I? Ah, screw it. If you already heard this, go ahead and skip forward. Uh, I am in full swing of things when it comes to my day job. We are, uh, I'm in lawn service, so that means spring and summertime is the most busiest time for me. One of the biggest things I did this year was change the schedule to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for my streams at 530 Central, Central Time Zone. Now that we're busy at work, this came into conflict a little bit two weeks ago, and I got to the point where I was pushing the streams back like for two out of the three streams, and I was worried about that. This last week, it got a better taste of what the summer should be like moving forward, and we were able to maintain that 5.30 central time zone without having to push back. Um, I'm not... I'm not as worried about having to change the schedule again, and I'm really glad because I am I am happy with the hours that we've been through so far. 
Um, if anything, I would like to add another day to it, um, but that's still in the future to come. But yeah, I just want to make sure that I'm clearing that up here in the audio portion of it because I know I've written about it on social media and talked about it on stream. But if you keep up with the stream through the podcast, then there you go. There's your update. Uh, Things got a little rocky there for a bit, but it seems to be smoothing out. So if anything else changes, I will be sure to let you know. Um, But regarding what we're going to be playing, uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice on Tuesday, Wednesday, Mario on Thursday. Uh, Yeah, I don't think this is a complete goodbye to Dark Souls 2. We will be back to it. Um, it just might be a while, but yeah, uh, again, I always like to end the podcast with uh, what's been the highlight of your week. If I were to answer that question, the highlight of my week would be a split between tipsy Roo gifting me Tetris effect, which is an incredible kind gesture of him to do. Uh, and I can't think of him enough. The other side of that, what's been the highlight of my week would be on Friday, uh, I got to hang out with Jolteon and Sunflows, and we played Apex Legends, and uh, we we drank. We got a little uh, we got a little drunk and just kind of shared stories and reminisce and caught up after having not seen each other since TwitchCon, which was back in October. Um, it was a really good night, and I think not to speak for them, but to speak for me, it was kind of what I needed and uh, cathartic. And so yeah, that was that was easily one of the highlights of my week. Um, but what about you? If you got anything, send it to me at the Tapstream on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I'm on all the places doing all the things at the Tapstream is where you can find me. Uh, we do have a website, thetapstream.com, where you can find art, the Discord link to join if you'd like to become a wonderful member of this Discord community. Uh, we have a, um, a podcast section where you can actually comment about this episode. If there's anything you would like to add uh, and tell me what you felt about Shazam or if there's anything you would like to tell me about what you've been playing, hey, go for it. Um, and I do stream Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on mixer.com slash the tap stream. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, you've been fantastic. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into the spoiler section of Shazam. Cause I do have two points that I would like to add before ending this. So if this is where we see ya, thank you so much. And we will talk to you next week. All right. Are the spoiler people gone? Be gone. You good? Cause I'm about to talk about spoilers in three, two, one go all right so the way that shazam opens up that i had a lot of issues with was that we get introduced to this character this young boy who is driving in a car with his dad and his older brother and the boy is playing with a little toy and his father scolds him for playing with the toy and bring it to their grandparents so the older brother takes the toy away from him and basically just mocks him and tortures him and is just generally mean-spirited the way that the scene transitions is that eventually the boy gets teleported into this lair that f- that features the wizard that's in a lot of the trailers that is supposed to grant this boy the ability to have the powers of Shazam. And he has this whole stipulation with, like, if you can resist the temptation of the seven deadly sins, then you get to have the power of Shazam. Of course, the boy fails. The wizard sends the boy back into the car and the boy freaks out, causing an accident in which the father is severely injured and the older brother lays the blame back on the kid. It's a very, very mean spirited uh, way to introduce the movie and having the track record of DC, you know, it being what it is, I thought, here we go again. It's going to be another one of those one where it's a superhero devoid of hope. It's just uh, overly negative, and it wasn't a good first impression. 
um, thing that really stood out to me. And this is, and I, I recognize that this is getting into the weeds. I'm not trying to fault the movie a hundred percent for this. It's just a very weird way to start. I don't think there's a single kid that you could give a test of, of resisting like selfish desires because they're kids. They're learning that part of themselves. And even if they are to fail, I don't think that immediately makes them a bad person. And so having having this wizard that is just kidnapping these kids and putting them through a test to have them fail and then sending them back it seems weird like i don't know like it makes me question like is this the good guy because imagine kidnapping kids and then telling them they're not good enough and then sending them back and i know that's eventually the overall lesson that they have to learn because on the other side uh billy batson is dealing with you know being a foster kid after his mom had let him go um, and, and struggling with this idea of whether or not he's good enough. But it's just, I don't know. Like, it, it works for Billy Batson because he passes the test and he becomes Shazam. But for all these other kids that didn't pass the test, what does that say about them? And it just felt, it was a sour taste to really start the movie on and to dangle this this sense of hope for this boy to escape the torture that he was facing from his dad and from his brother and this really shitty situation and then to dangle that in front of him and then take it away and send him right back into the same situation he was in that doesn't feel hopeful and that doesn't feel heroic they created the villain that 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 plagues the entire movie from the to the end it just felt really weird so like I said, I know he's supposed to contrast with Billy Batson and show that Billy Batson was able to find their worth even when the, I guess, immediate family around them was saying otherwise. I don't know. I, I think I'm going in circles on that. But I will say on the flip side uh, of the spoiler zone, finding out that his family members, his his foster family, also were going to get the, the, the Shazam powers at the end of the movie was beyond my expectations. And it was such a cool moment to find them, to like see them coalesce into this superhero group and watch them work together. Um, again, Marvel Cinematic fanboy, all my knowledge of superheroes is more Marvel-geared, so I went into this movie fairly blind. I knew nothing of Shazam. I didn't. I barely even know anything about Zachary Levi outside of podcasts and interviews. It was just a blind experience. So having that moment preserved for me on in the movie theaters was really fun. Um, but yeah, it's just if if moving forward Shazam maintains that family wholesome aspect. I'm fully on board because because even though I wasn't a fan of how the movie started, I don't think it's enough to discredit what it was. I guess preaching's not the right word. It's not enough to discredit what the movie eventually turns out to be. So yeah, that's it. That's all I really wanted to say in spoiler zone. Uh, feel free to message me in the the Discord or in the comment section or on social media. I'd love to know what you thought about Shazam. Uh, and maybe maybe clear up some of the things that I wasn't 100% okay with. All right, that does it. I'm tired. I'm getting out of here. It's 12.50 a.m. on Saturday, and I got drunk last night, and I'm still hungover. So I'm going to go get some sleep. You all are lovely and fantastic. And once again, thank you, Nick Sandy, for the outro that is going to start right about now. Bye-bye.